Joining us on the phone, it's Ulster County Executive Jen Metzger. Welcome back to the local edition, Jen Metzger. Thank you, Jason. So glad to be back. So it's been it's been a while since we talked. How are things in Ulster County? Um, things are going great. You know, I'm now two over, a little over two months into the new job as <laughs> county executive, uh, but it's um, I'm really enjoying. Uh, the work and, you know, to be able to serve the county I love in this way. Not, I, of course, still love Sullivan County and appreciate all the counties I represented when I was in the Senate. But, but, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to be in this position and to be, you know, working on all of the issues that I really care about. It's a great, it's a great um, seat from which to do that. Now, I have to ask this, you know, because I mean, the moves, news cycle moves on quick, but I have to ask because we had this big sure. snowstorm a couple of weeks ago and I was seeing forecasts for parts of western Ulster County up in the big, you know, big country of the Catskills, the mountains were forecast to get up to a couple feet of snow or more. I'm wondering, did that yeah. happen? Was everyone OK? Did you lose yeah. any power, anything like that? Yeah. So, you know, Ulster County is is very large and very different. We kind of, from a storm perspective, or diverse, I should say, from a storm perspective, we kind of, we tend to break it down into the east side of Sullivan, the west side, I mean, of Ulster and the west side. The west side, which includes, you know, the the, the mountains tends to get hit, um, you know, much harder with storms, you know, as you all do in Sullivan County. Um, and we did get much, we did get much heavier snow there. Um, I don't. I don't recall the accumulations, but it was. You know, it was significant. It was a couple of feet in places, I think. Um, but it was very heavy, yeah. and and you know that was. It was the combination of, you know, both quantity and just the heaviness of it because it was so warm. We were, um, you know, really we were braced for power outages. The storm was predicted to be um, pretty severe across the county and, and prolonged. And um, what had been predicted was, you know, we would, we would, you know, have a big heavy snow followed by high winds, which is potentially a, just a really bad combination from a you know, keeping the lights on perspective. Yeah. Um, we did. Um, the winds here never really materialized, which we were very thankful for. And we did have power outages, but, you know, nothing on the scale of, you know, say the ice storm of the previous, you know, the previous February. Uh, and, you know, power was restored within 24 hours. That's so. Good. Yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, I um we were really braced for it and it was, you know, that is actually, you know, it's a big part of the role of county executive is managing emergencies and we did declare a county, well the governor had declared a state of emergency, we declared a county uh state of emergency as did Dutchess County. Um uh, so yeah, we we were and I had activated, you know, the our emergency operations center. So we had we had our emergency team on call coordinating um, through the early early part of the storm. 
Well, and let's hope that that uh, that that experience is just good experience for next winter. And that was the last of the March surprises. Yeah, I mean, uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, we've had this very otherwise very mild winter. Um, you know, we had that one kind of crazy, severe cold snap, which I remember because it was on my birthday and canceled all those <laughs> <yeah>. plans. <laughs> was advising people not to go out because. You know, with the wind chill, it was supposed to be something like in early February, like, you know, 40 degrees below zero with yeah, the wind chill. But otherwise, it's been, you know, it's been a, a pretty mild winter. All right. Well, knock wood on that. But, yeah, of course, we didn't bring you on just to talk about the weather. But along the lines of <laughs> power outages, that brings it to mind. You've had some big issues that you've had to work on even in just your first month's in office, I know that you've been working on the Central Hudson electrical issue. To yeah. remind listeners, last year, New York State Public Service Commission uh, actually faulted Central Hudson for po- problems with billing, leading to errors for thousands of customers. As I understand it, those problems were related to estimated billing rather than actual meter reading. Um, I heard you on the, the program Laveau's talking about yeah. this, which we uh, air a weekly recap of. Okay. So uh, and I'm wondering is, has there been a real resolution on the Central Hudson issue for customers? Where are you in the county? now with Central yeah. Hudson. Yeah, so so just to put it in context, so Central Hudson uh, introduced a new customer billing system, which was a, I mean, that is a, a, a big undertaking, and they, they really, I, for lack, you know, I just call it for what it was, they just totally botched it. They didn't do the prep, advanced preparation that they needed to do. They didn't do the testing of the uh, the the necessary testing. There were all of these red flags from their staff that you know it wasn't ready for rollout. And even after you know after they rolled out the new billing system, there were still and this is all documented documented in the State Department of Public Services investigation. Um, you know, and management just you know steamrolled over um, staff's complaints, just ignored them. And this problem, this billing fiasco has been going on for a year and a half, okay? And it was and and it was completely exacerbated by um, we also had very, you know, basically prices for, um, fossil fuel-related energy skyrocketed because of, you know, the war in Ukraine. Um, so so it was kind of a double whammy for customers and very hard to unravel the effects of the separate effects of each of them. But people were getting crazy bills of thousands and thousands of dollars. They were being told that they were, um, you know, they were using electric. And this this gets to the estimated billing part. Their usage was, you know, much higher than it had been in the past. Um, there was, there were, they were having huge amounts of money automatically withdrawn from their accounts by Central Hudson. I mean, the it it was it was really chaotic and stressful for for you know thousands and thousands of customers. Um, part of the problem um, was it was the is the practice of estimated billing. Uh, I I don't think well our um, 
Central Hudson does it. I do not believe NYSEG does it. Does NYSEG estimate billing every other month? I know that NYSEG has had its own problems yeah. as well with its billing system. I don't um, – NYSEG, I know it covers Sullivan County and only a very small part of Ulster County. We're predominantly Central Hudson. But, um, you know, Central Hudson has been um, – some years ago they were um, forced by the Public Service Commission to – bill customers monthly. They had always billed every other month, uh, but just so pe- so that customers could better understand and uh, kind of keep on top of what was happening on their bills, they were ordered to, to bill customers every month. But what Central Hudson has done is instead of reading the meter every month, they continued to just read it every other month and then estimate the usage um, uh, every other month. And when they switched over to the billing system, um, there were just huge problems with the estimated billing. It was just entirely inaccurate. And that was a lot, that was the cause of a lot of the problems for many customers. But there were other problems unrelated to estimated billing. Anyone that was in a community solar project was, people were not getting billed uh, like for six, eight months and then getting like, you know, a giant bill. <laughs> and so there, there were, there were, there are a lot of issues with their billing rollout. And frankly, I mean, if, if this were, you know, a competitive marketplace, this company would have been out of business a long time ago. You know, it's mm-hmm. a regulated monopoly. It's un, it's just, it's just outrageous that the problem has been allowed to continue for as long as it has um, so DPS has done this investigation. Um, the the uh, CEO uh, was ousted. A new CEO recently um, was uh, appointed. I um, I've been meeting with the Public Service Commission with the Department of Public Service staff. I also met with the new president, demanding that they end estimated billing immediately. Um, um, and, like, communicate with every single customer, provide basically, you know, an accurate description of what's ha- been happening to their bills over the last year and a, and a half, what they've been billed, what they should have been billed, um, and kind of, you know, the status of their billing to date. But um, I continue to push the Public Service Commission. Um, I said, sent another letter to them recently um, to undertake a prudence review and penalties. Shareholders need to be made responsible for this, you know. So, so we're still, we're, we're still seeking justice um, and, and we're still waiting for, you know, a complete fix to the problem. So it's ongoing, but we're pushing as hard as we can. I was looking at information while you were talking there, and I found an article from this week's River Reporter from, uh, as we record this, uh, from our own Leah Mayo, who does a report here from the River Reporter. And the headline here is NYSEG Billing Issues Examined. 
And an actual uh, quote from NYSEG, unfortunately, in 2022, we noted a material increase in billing issues that stem from challenges that arose during COVID-19. And they cite things like a significant rise in the global cost of energy from 2020 to 2022 and a company's inability to access many meters. So it sounds like there are similar issues yeah. with yep. NYSEG, perhaps not to the same uh, scale. Uh, the article also quotes uh, Molinaro, what he's looking to have done he's monitoring the situation so um so it's interesting to hear what you've gone through because it looks like there are similar issues and you know the funny thing is when i heard about this story what it brought to mind was what the whole nation witnessed in texas i think it was last year mm. and and i remember thinking like well that's that's such a deregulated state in such a deregulated yeah. environment that nothing like that you know is happening in new york state but it kind of was yeah. Yeah. And, you know, these are, you know, these are companies that, you know, actually I, um, years ago, back when, you know, the Public Service Commission was um, reviewing for approval a takeover of Central Hudson by a Canadian multinational, um, you know, we we fought, fought that hard. Um, but unfortunately, that went through. It's owned by you know, Central Hudson is now owned by Fortis. Uh, NYSEG is owned by, you know, Avant Grid, a Spanish, comp a Spanish company. You know, a lot of our utilities um, are, are owned by multinational companies based elsewhere. And, you know, I think that the, this is a basic need, electricity service, and it's really troubling to have um, something so important as that, um, you know, ultimately affected by decisions in other countries as well. So there's there's some serious accountability issues, I feel, there. This touches on another issue that I know has always been something that you're on top of. And this portion here, because we, we are starting to go a little long, this might be what I give to Tim to air on an additional program. But mm -hmm. I know you... you Environmental issues, global warming, the the yeah. power grid and electricity plays into this too. But right now, as we're talking, we're in the final week of the New York State uh, budget crunch. There are items yeah. in there that they're trying to get funding for so that New York State continues to stay on its uh, progressive climate plan to try to avert some of this climate change. So I'm asking several things at once, but but I'm wondering in your position as county executive in, in general, how are you mm -hmm. looking at environmental environmental issues and climate change issues, but then specifically with the New York state budget, you as a county executive, are you weighing in on any of those debates at the state level? Are you looking for anything to be in this budget in particular? Um, yeah, I've weighed in. I have weighed in on a few um, environmental and climate related issues. And I, I was actually appointed to chair the New York State Association of Counties uh, Climate Action committee and uh, we had um, you know statewide our legislative session last month and you know our committee passed uh, a number of resolutions um, related to this budget um, one of them this is very important for uh, for our, our municipalities it's an extended uh, producer response it would create an extended producer responsibility program uh, for packaging and paper. And what that basically means the, in a very short order is it makes the companies that are selling the products responsible for dealing with the waste. 
So, um, and this is really important because our municipal, you know, recycling um, programs, or they just don't have enough funding. Um, and, you know, it's ultimately these, these companies have no incentive to address the waste problem that they're really creating, right? So this would make them responsible. It would bring more funding to municipalities. It would reduce waste. It would reduce plastic, which, of course, is made with fossil fuels. And um, actually, um, the legislation that we're pushing would ban a list of, prohibit a list of chemicals in packaging, including um, polyvinyl chloride, um, which is made from vinyl chloride, which is what that train that derailed in East Palestine was carrying that was so toxic and dangerous um, in Ohio. And so, you know, there, um, we're really hoping this legislation gets passed. Um, and I've also been very supportive of the various climate initiatives. Um, and, but here in Ulster County, what I, I'm, I'm really, um, that has been a top priority of mine coming into office. I, I'm, I see addressing climate change as a huge opportunity to bring investments to Ulster County, clean energy investments, and to create really tens of thousands of new jobs, um, uh, which is estimated we'll be creating just, you know, in our region as we shift to a clean energy economy. Um, I, within my first 30 days, I issued an executive order to align our county's climate goals and policies with the, um, the climate law that I helped pass when I was in the state Senate and, and the state scoping plan to implement that law. Um, I'm also right now working uh, one of my main initiatives this year is to create a workforce um, innovation center uh, at uh, here in Ulster um, in Ulster County. It's at it's it's called iPark now, but it it was the former IBM site. Uh, IBM left um, Ulster yeah. County in back in the 80s, and that site has just you know just been um, you know abandoned essentially for for all of this time. We're now, um, you know, turning it into a hub for clean energy industries. Two battery storage companies are are, are um, moving their business, um, are investing here in Ulster County at the site. Uh, also, a fiber optic company has has come to the site, and and we're going to create a, a workforce innovation center right there to create really a pipeline of our local, for our local workers right into these well-paying green jobs. So that's something I'm very excited about. We're, we're engaging our, our SUNY Ulster, SUNY New Paltz partners, um, and other, you know, workforce development uh, organizations in creating this really innovative center. So that's a very exciting project we're working on. And you you mentioned the the train issue there, which is you know an environmental issue. But you you've uh, weighed in with other people at the county level and, and New York State level uh, about what you want to see happen with trains in New York State, correct? And the federal level, yes, primarily the federal level, which is where um, you know that's that's where the regulation of rail um, really happens. So. Um, I had um, put together a letter and with, um, that was signed by me as well as by uh, the 
super, many supervisors and mayors in Ulster County, seven uh, municipalities in, in our county um, are home to the CSX line. You know, some 200-plus trains pass through weekly carrying industrial chemicals, uh, petroleum products, you know, all kinds of, um, all kinds of things. And um, we've long been concerned that the, the rail line is not maintained um, by CSX, that, that the, the trestle and tracks are, are, are not in good condition. They're understaffed. Their maintenance staff is not at the level it should be. Um, so, you know, these are all safety concerns that we have. We also, um, you know, what East Palestine that that train derailment really showed is that much more much stricter standards need to be put in place at the federal level for the transport of hazardous waste. Um, you know, they're they're not made to use the the most modern braking systems. They're still they're using braking systems, the same kind of braking technology from like pre Civil War. <laughs> you know, it's really, I mean, it's it's really antiquated. The tanks, they have to upgrade the tanks that these chemicals are carried in. And, um, and we also want to be notified, our county emergency, um, emergency management department has got to be, we need to be mo- notified, as do other counties with rail passing through, um, prior to um, hazardous shipments coming through our communities. We need to know what those shipments are and what the quantity is so that we can be prepared. So there are a lot of things that need to be done to really improve rail safety and, you know, prevent a disaster like that from happening elsewhere, including here. And that's more on the lines of of issues work, work that you've been doing as county executive on the issues, but you also have to, you know, uh, run a tight ship and clean house. And I know that earlier this month, Ulster County's longtime finance commissioner, uh, Bert Gulnick, resigned amid allegations that he stole thousands of dollars from a private swim club. Uh, yeah. He was a treasurer yeah. for that club. As I understand it, when these allegations reached you, you requested Gulnick's leave of absence. As the matter gets looked into, he in turn resigned. You yeah. requested the state comptroller and the county district attorney investigate this issue and the county's finances. And I understand those investigations we're underway at least as of two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering first, do, is all of that correct? And second, uh, uh, where are we with these investigations? Have they concluded? Um, are they that, ongoing? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, Mr. Golnick has, has, you know, he was the finance commissioner for the county for 12 years, and you know, through basically, you know, all county the previous county executives, and um, I was alarmed, as were many people, about um, the accusations, and uh, I invited the state comptroller's office to come investigate because I really want them to do a forensic investigation of of the county finances. He's been there forever, and, um, you know, it's it's a huge budget, and um, it's just very important that, um, that not only we make sure that there was no wrongdoing as far as the county finances go, but I also feel like this is an opportunity. I'm a new county executive. It's a time to start fresh. Make sure that we have all the internal controls we need 
to be in place to secure our county finances and taxpayer dollars. So um, I'm seeing this really as, a, as a, it's it's greatly disappointing what what the former finance commissioner did with this um, you know private pool club. Hopefully, it didn't extend to the county county government, but. We're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of it, and we're gonna make sure that you know going forward we have all the controls in place we need. And now, uh, more recently, uh, in the Daily Freeman, uh, I see they're reporting that a second woman has come forward to sue Gulnick, claiming that he created a hostile work environment, treating her with discrimination, harassment, retaliation. I'm wondering, is is are you aware of this? Is this a county issue? Was that work hostile workplace a county workplace? Yeah, yeah. So again, these are these both both of the, the there were two um lawsuits both of them happened before I was here. The people who um you know, the people in the that are initiating the lawsuits, you know, aren't here, weren't here when I came into office. So these are things that happened um in the past, but they are yeah, the county is named in the suit. So, you know, we're that's that's ongoing, and you know we'll see we'll see what happens. But um, but yeah, that's it's again th- these are it's a lawsuit. These are lawsuits. I can't really speak to them. But all I can say is generally, I mean my um, one my top priority as the new you know county executive here is to make sure that we have the utmost transparency and accountability in government. And I've been you know really. Um, you know, prioritizing that from day one. So, and, and yeah, so that's, that's, that's I, my commitment to our, our, our residents here. Well, and that fits in with what you're saying about getting a clean start. I'm just wondering, and, and if there's even any part of this you could talk about, if it was the case, are there other changes that you feel need to be made in the county structure or who's employed at the county um, to make sure you're getting that clean start? Right. Well, one uh, another, um, and this is something I talked about a lot in the camp in my campaign. Um, you know, Ulster County government has 26 departments uh, between 13 and 1400 employees. It's a large operation. Um, I, I, it's. I want to make sure that we have, um, you know, uh, that that these departments are not operating as like independent fiefdoms that were, um, you know, basically, you know, I I am, you know, um, bringing a new level of coordination, let's say, among the departments and a new level of communication with them, um, and again, this is an opportunity. To you know, make sure um, we have all of the processes, procedures we need uh, in place, not just you know for transparency and accountability, but also for efficient, efficient government. So this is you know this has been this and will continue to be a big focus of my work. Okay, and the last thing that that I want to mention here, and it's worth, I want to point this out just for listeners because I had to kind of reorient and realize this because last year's uh, election season, special elections and elections in New York State were crazy. And something that I totally forgot was 
that that it was a special election for you to become county executive. So you've now been endorsed by Ulster County Democrats uh, to run as the county executive. Is that is that this year's election? It is. It is. I'm on the Democratic and Working Family Party's lines. Uh, I don't, ha- however, have appear to have an, uh, a Republican opponent. Um, you know, you can't know until petitioning is done. But the but the Republican uh, convention did not nominate a, a, um, a candidate to run against me in this race. So um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but I am completing the last year of um, our now congressman, former county executive Pat Ryan's term, and then um, uh, we'll have another four-year term uh, if you know if elected in November. But I assume I will be certainly if I don't if there's not an opponent. Well, like you said, there's some time between now and then, and we'll, we'll be yeah. keeping an eye on it and reporting for listeners as well. But exactly. it's, it's been great I'm talking. I'm knocking on wood as we speak. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so is there anything else that you want folks to know before we go? We talked about a lot. Um, uh, no, I don't think so. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to come back and check in. We've, you know, we're working on a lot of different things. I've really prioritized affordable housing, um, mental health, and some other issues. So there's certainly lots to talk about. But we can save that for another show. Okay. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Okay. Thank you, Jason. Take care.